Hi, I'm Tim Hall. What an absolute privilege it is to share with you at this time, the Feast of Tabernacles, and to be talking about one of my favourite prophets, the prophet Elijah, uh, and also Elisha. In fact, I want to talk about the anointing that was on Elijah and Elisha, and I want to look at two stories, compare them, and see where they relate to you and I today. Well, let's start here in 2 Kings chapter 13 and verse 14. It concerns the death of Elisha. And the Bible says that Elisha, the great prophet who'd carried the double portion of Elijah's spirit, the Bible says that he was near death. He was sick and near to death. And Joash, the king of Israel, called him or came to him. And he knew that he was seriously ill and he wept over the prophet, wept on his face, the Bible says, and he said, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he quoted the very same words that had been spoken with Elisha and the, the anointing that would come from Elijah as he would go in that chariot. And the king is now using the same words that Elisha himself had used. And Elisha said, I want you to do something. He said, take a bow and arrow. He said, get your servants to open the window. And they opened the window. And he said, fire the arrow eastward. And the king, firstly, the prophet put his hand on as a statement of, I'm putting my anointing onto this. I'm putting the anointing of God onto the thing you're about to do. He said, these arrows, these are the arrows of deliverance. He said, fire the arrows as a statement of triumph and victory, the arrows of deliverance. And he fired an arrow. He said, now fire another one. And he fired the arrows out of the window. And then he said, now take these arrows. And he took them. And he said, these are the arrows of deliverance. He said, arrows of deliverance over the Syrians, the enemies, the, the hated Syrians. He said, strike the arrows. This is deliverance. Strike them. And the king must have been a little bit embarrassed in front of his court. Must have been a bit embarrassed in the presence of those courtiers. And he just took those arrows and maybe self-consciously struck once, struck twice, struck three times, and then he stopped. And the prophet was wroth with him. He said, why didn't you keep on striking? Why didn't you keep striking? He said, these were arrows of deliverance. If you'd kept on striking, you'd have had the victory. If you'd kept on striking, this is the great weakness today with so many Christians, the great weakness with so many churches that we tap in prayer instead of striking with purpose. We tap with a bit of a tap, token prayer, instead of striking with a passion that says it's time to have total triumph and total victory in our situation no great revival in history, no great move of God in history has ever happened when someone half-heartedly tapped in prayer. Revival always happens when someone or some group of people somehow take the arrows of prayer and strike and strike and strike and strike until there's victory. The Bible says the prophet was wroth and he went away and he said, why did you just strike three times? Why didn't you keep striking? If you kept on striking, you'd have a total deliverance. In this case, you're only going to have a partial victory. I don't know about you. I don't want to have a partial victory. I don't want to live in the realm of partial victory. 
don't want to live in the realm of close but not close enough. The story goes on. Elisha died and he's been buried for long enough anyway for decay to have come and for his body to be decayed to bones. There came a time when there was a funeral procession coming into the cemetery where Elisha lay. And as they came in, the Midianites attacked them. They came into the place and the people carrying the coffin cried out, these men, they're Midianites. What are we going to do with the body of this man? And someone said, throw it into this sepulchre here. It must have been one of those down, downstairs and down under the ground. And they took the body and they threw it into the sepulchre and the body rolled down the stairs to the bottom. And at the bottom of the stairs, the body fell onto the bones of the prophet Elisha. And there was enough power still in the bones of Elisha to raise a man from the dead. That's a lot of power to raise a man from the dead. And I looked at that story, I thought, what an incredible story. Imagine the anointing, if that was in death, that much anointing was in his bones, what must he have carried during his life? Then the Lord spoke to me and he said, Tim, what was the anointing doing in a coffin? What was the anointing doing in a sepulchre? Why had it not been given in the same way that the anointing had been given to Elisha himself? And I went back to 2 Kings chapter 2 and I read that beautiful story with Elisha and Elijah. Elisha, the one who'd come and washed the hands of the prophet, the one who came and was discipled by him and, and learnt under him and imbibed that mighty anointing that was upon him and, and stayed in his presence. And the time came when Elijah was going and Elisha knew it and the prophets knew it. And the prophet Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. He sent him to Bethel. He said, stay here, stay in Bethel, the place of Jacob's vision. Stay here, stay here, maybe in a place where you'll get your own vision. Stay in this place. And he said, well, as the Lord liveth, Elijah, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. I won't leave you. I want something from you. I want what's on you. You see, if ever there was a time for us as Christians to say, I want to carry the greatest anointing of the Spirit that I've ever known, it's now. If ever there was a time for us to cry out and say, oh God, I have to have the anointing on me in measure, if we're going to touch and break through in our community, if we're going to have revival, God, I want to carry an anointing. I want to carry an anointing of the miraculous like Elijah, where the dead are raised, where miracles take place, where things are multiplied, where, where the supernatural demonstration of God takes place. And Elisha said, I want something from you, Elijah, and I won't let you go. I will not let you go. How different to the king. He didn't want it enough. He struck the arrows three times and that was all causing the prophet to be wroth and say, why didn't you keep on striking? But not Elisha. Elisha said, I want something from you. And a few times he said, stay here and stay in Jericho. I'm going to Jericho. 
I want you to stay here. Why don't you stay here in this place? And Elisha said, as my soul lives and as your soul lives, as the Lord lives, sorry, and your soul lives, I'm not leaving you. I won't leave you. I want something. You see, there's a tenacity that takes hold. Too many Christians are half-hearted. Too many Christians give a half measure. Too many Christians live a half Christian life. Too many Christians give a token instead of going after it with everything they've got. The Bible says, Elijah said, Elijah said to him, stay here. God sent me to the Jordan. And again, he says, as your soul lives, I won't leave you. Finally, the prophet says, what do you want from me? What are you wanting? Chapter 2, verse 9. What do you want from me, Elisha? He said, I want a double portion of your anointing on me. I want to carry a double portion. I want that mantle in double measure. And Elijah said, well, you ask a hard thing. You ask a difficult thing. But he said, if you see me as I go, that double mantle will come upon you. And I would imagine that Elisha was like a shadow on Elijah. He would not let him go. He hung on to him. He was alongside him no matter where he went or what he did, watching, watching, watching. After they had the, the mantle had been struck and he was on the other side there of the Jordan waiting, waiting now. And Elisha was hanging on, hanging on. He wanted something. He was hungry. What we need at the moment is a hunger for that anointing, a hunger to have an anointing on us like Elijah, a hunger to have an anointing like Elisha. But Elisha hung on and finally the moment came when there was the cry from Elisha and he cries out, my father, my father, the chariot, I see it. I see the horsemen. And the Bible says, down up, up went Elijah in the cloud and he took hold of his own clothes and he ripped them. He rent his own clothes. He watched Elijah go and he picked up the mantle. And when he picked it up, all of the prophets on the other side saw him and they saw the anointing. They saw something happen and he took that mantle and he walked down to the water. And as he walked down to the water, he took the mantle and he struck the water. He struck the river Jordan and he said, he said, where is the God of Elijah? And with that, the river parted in two places and he crossed. And all of those prophets saw that his hunger and his passion was such that he was now vested with a double portion of the anointing. Two different men, King Joash, who knows what he could have had? Who knows if he'd been more passionate and struck those arrows and struck them and struck them and struck them. What might have come on his life? Perhaps he may have been a king carrying the mighty anointing of that prophet. Instead of that, the anointing of Elisha, went into a tomb, went into a tomb. But Elisha wanted something with everything that was within him. He was taking hold. He would not let go. Where are you and I today? How passionate are we? Are we desperate to take hold of something or happy to give it half measure? Are we committed all the way down the line or just halfway? Are we tapping the arrows? Tap, tap tap 
or are we striking the arrows? Strike, strike, strike in prayer, passionate, desperate, purposeful, full of determination that we will see something. Every great revival in history, be it the great men like Evan Roberts in the Welsh revival or Billy Sunday in those great moves of God that took place across the United States of America or or Charles Grandison Finney and his prayers, his prayer warriors like Father Nash and others, every revival I've read of, Every great move of God features someone or a group of people who know what it is to strike with the arrows and strike with the arrows in prayer, to strike with the the spiritual arrows of deliverance until they see the total breakthrough. I want to carry something very significant from God. I'm hungry, passionate, desperate to move in the great dimensions of the anointing of God. But when my time comes, I don't want to take the anointing that God has trusted me with and take it to the grave. I want to distribute it to young men, young women, and people all over that are passionate to carry the anointing. These are the days of Elijah. There's an anointing and an Elijah anointing of miracle power coming on the earth unlike anything that has ever been seen. I want to ask you, today. How hungry are you to carry that mantle? How hungry are you today to be used of God in signs, wonders and miracles? How hungry am I? Let me pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, today, let us truly be a people striking the arrows, desperate for the mighty power of God, desperate to be carriers of the supernatural. Father, anoint us, empower us, fill us with your mighty Holy Spirit. Oh God, give us a tenacity in prayer like nothing we've ever known before. Take us into fasting and prayer. Let us, as it were, strike and strike and strike until we've taken hold of everything that God has put before us, this is our day. These are the days of Elijah. These are the most significant days in world history. What a joy to be part of what God is doing in this hour. God bless you today.